0: Welcome to the Man of Honor podcast. This podcast is about guys, right? It's about men who want to make a difference, men who have learned how to fight through the obstacles and excel in business, life, family, and fatherhood. Welcome to the Man of Honor podcast with your host, former NFL player, Pastor Ed tandy McGlass. On today's podcast, Ed talks with the visionary
1: of Alipate Elite Coaching, Josiah Alipate. And now, here's Ed.
0: Well, welcome to Man of Honor podcast. I am just uh, really honored today. I have one of those young squires. We were twins at birth, but no. One of these young squires, who's, he's got this same kind of message inside of him. Of being a great, uh, being God's man for the hour, a father, husband, you know, to be there. He's got a cool hat, too. You're gonna see, you see that cool hat. And so, welcome with me to Man of Honor podcast. Uh, uh, Josiah Elipate, is that right? Did I get it? That's good. That's good. You know, when you say Elipate, Elipate, you start speaking in tongues. You know, it just gets you going. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love your shirt too, man. Because that's a that's the message right there. Amen. Once
1: was lost, but now I'm found.
0: I was blind, but now I see.
1: Amen. Yeah, no,
0: I thought today, you know, just just your own story, but to uh, you know, you know, in the in the past here, in the last few weeks, we've had an unbelievable tragedy in a school and, you know, another, another dad-deprived boy who had a, had a grandpa around him and his grandpa was interviewed and says, well, you know, I didn't know he had any guns but because uh, I leave at 5 a.m. every morning. So here's a guy, here's a grandpa just working really hard to take care of the family and, and you know, um, when you leave a boy all alone, try to figure out manhood and life and everything else. It's uh the devil loves turning those boys into monsters mm-hmm. and I know you've uh, from your background and everything that you've kind of gone through you've you've seen that up close and uh, this guy named Jesus that you got that hat on is giving you a whole new story so yeah speak to about what's what's happened here you know in our culture and and what you see.
1: Yeah, well, I think it's a clear indicator what's what's happening here. You know, I think if we really look at it with clear eyes, you know, we were talking about I was once blind, but now I see. If we really look at it through our spiritual lenses, it is a clear indicator. It's not about gun control. That's one thing, but it is greater than that. It's deeper than that. This is, this is the result and the effects of homes of families that have been broken and of men who have been orphaned without Mm. a father Mm. and so this is the result of going through life lost Mm. and uh and we can you know the surface level we can look at you know we we might think it's oh it's gun control or it's it's the left versus the right. This is broken families. This is the result of broken men who've grown up in a culture where we've deemed it okay to just no longer take responsibility. Um, and really, and really, uh, you know, we live in a culture where relationships are frivolous. Marriages have become something that Is just the flavor of the month. Whether I decide to stay around or not, Mm. having children has become something that's a burden to many, rather than it being a a true gift from God. And so, I see that these are the results of of uh, of 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 course, uh, men who are deprived who don't have. Uh, the the guidance of a father, but deeper than that, obviously, uh, a, a culture and a nation and a people who um, don't know God.
0: Mm, man, it's so well said. You know, I, did, I thought it really interesting that we've had this, um, without pointing blame on anything, you know, culture will begin to manifest symptoms of big problems. I mean, we, we ran out of baby food, right? We got uh, the Supreme Court decision. That's uh, probably the time this podcast come out. It's going to be out. We got uh, just uh, this murderous kind of thing happening, you know, through a, a boy who shoots his grandma and and then um, turns his rage on, you know, kids. You know, just because uh, the enemy wants to absolutely destroy families. And the way he gets at men and girls, but we're talking about men today, is that you pull that guy away from his, his family, mm-hmm. right? His dad, that identity piece that every father has whether they know it or not. They have an ability to speak life into a son so his chest goes out. Or he can be absent and not there, or demean or abuse that son, and he he turns into just uh, the worst part of what a man can be. Yeah. Now you now you uh, tell us tell us a little bit about your story and how uh, you came about. Uh, you know, in this place in your life. I see you got artwork on you, man. You got some cool artwork. That's your story. <laughs> And uh i have never gotten any tattoos, you know I just uh I you know it's uh, I just you know, I don't want to know if I want to sit in a chair and suffer for about two hours. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, Josiah, how did you get this place where you are, where you're this present uh man, father, you know, ministering to people? what What did, what did God do in your story?
1: Yeah, so really, my story starts at birth. Um, I was adopted at birth. I was given away at birth. Mm. Um, And so my biological parents, uh, I had my biological mom and biological father. Um, They had um, family members uh, who couldn't have kids. So essentially, my aunt could not bear children. And uh, my biological father, who was a man of his faith, he believed that children belonged to God before they belonged to him and that that he was just a steward of the children that God had blessed him with. So after much prayer, my biological parents decided that they were going to give me away uh, to my aunt who couldn't have kids and I would be raised up as their own child. And so there was so no when, contact.
0: you know, I'm curious about this. Mm-hmm. So what, you know, I'm sure you found out other reasons why they were in that place. Because normally dads don't give away sons, mm-hmm. right? Or or if they do, there's something that they don't think they got to be able to help that son, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, as men, we can only give what we... That's so what was the, some of the dynamics that you found about, you know, years later... Of what happened with your dad?
1: Yeah, really the dynamic was my my father was really a, a, a true follower of the faith. This They gave me, I was the fourth son of my family. So mm. they already had three kids before I did, came around. So my dad was steadfast, truly in his faith. My biological father was tr- truly steadfast in his faith. So this was uh, a, he
0: wanted to bless your aunt with you.
1: Yeah. And so the agreement was that they wouldn't discuss me in the household because of the emotional challenge, because what well, my mom would have to go through. Right. Later, I found out that my biological mom, uh, she would go to work and the ladies at work would say, hey, where's the baby and uh, where's pictures of the baby? And she would have to make up excuses about that.
0: It must've been really hard for your mom.
1: It was tough. And so the crazy thing is, is I was raised up in my aunt, in my adopted family's home as their own child. And, uh, for 16 years, I didn't know that I had a biological family. I didn't know that I had five brothers and sisters. Um, and I found out out of anger that I was adopted. And so I did something pretty terrible. I don't, Quite remember what it was. I was a mischievous teen growing up and uh Do you think that I, not
0: having your dad even though you had a kind of replacement mom and dad, right? So you think not having your birth father there to bless you and name you affected you in your teen life?
1: Uh definitely. I yeah. mean, I'm I'm certainly grateful for what I received from my adopted family, but I know Knowing now what my dad knew about Christ, maybe, and, but but it's all, you know, it's all kind of crazy because God brought it all together, right? I mean, life could have been different. It could have affected me differently, but the way that it happened turned out just perfectly. I mean, I ended up not seeing my family. So I met my family at 16 years old and my father sat us down. He read scripture and he prayed over us. For me, that was foreign because I didn't know what this was. <laughs> yeah. I, I just I, I'm, I'm a mischievous teen who just found out that he has a biological family, five brothers and sisters, a mother and a father, true mother and father, and then they're praying over me and it's just kind of weird for me. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, uh, I mean, I had a great weekend with them, but I lost touch with them for about 10 years. Um and so We mean uh, you lost up- touch
0: Is it just were you angry? You said you were angry. Did that kind of hit you? Like, you know,
1: it was it was really confusion. Well, yeah, and, I was, and it was, and I was wandering around, and I and I and I didn't know, but I subconsciously put up a wall uh, that I didn't want to be around any family, whether it be my adopted family. Yeah, because you,
0: in a real way, it's it's a it's a an emotional betrayal. Yeah. Right.
1: That's what I felt. That's what I felt. Because
0: if it was, you know, because in a real way, your dad could have said, well, listen, I'm going to share you with your auntie because they don't have kids, but you're my son. Mm -hmm. Right. And so part of that is that a lot of dads just don't, you know, did how, how good was your grandfather fathering your dad? Did he talk about him much?
1: So my my biological father uh, was the youngest of fourteen oh, children.
0: Man. Wow, that's a and that's a there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of cold winters in that home.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and they, and and he grew up in a small island of Tonga in the South Pacific.
0: Oh my goodness, really? Oh, there we go. That's what that so, island island skin is all about.
1: That's right. <laughs> I love
0: Tongan food, man. Oh, but me too. <laughs> me too. The problem, though, makes big brothers. That's you know? right. <laughs> <laughs> you eat that Tongan food, you just grow.
1: <laughs> there, there ain't no such thing as portion control in our, in our, in our culture. <laughs> that's not in the vocabulary. That, no, no. Do you do
0: luau's at your house? With your family, uh, have you ever done one?
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. It does all of that. The tear it up, was...
0: man. T- oh, that's that's some good food. And so you're four, you're uh, number fourteen. So my dad, my dad was number was he was fourteen. No, your dad's number fourteen.
1: <laughs> I'm number four. I'm number. No,
0: four. you're number four, and yeah. so uh, how how was his rela- Did he ended up? being raised by your grandfather or how was he as a grandfather
1: yeah so he my my father lost his dad at a very young age uh oh. so, so this was but he was raised in a household that knew the lord yeah you know and so i believe that that's what began to shape his faith is knowing that hey i I may not have my earthly father here, but God has carried him through, and so yeah, that's powerful.
0: And that you know, um, because part of what happens with with dads who lose their father is that um, they try as hard as they can to be a good dad, but they're missing something. Hmm. You know, they're missing because inside of every father is this blessing that he has to give to a son, or he ends up giving him a curse, right? Where, you know, he doesn't give him anything or, you know, that it's just really hard. And even with Christ in our life, a lot of, a lot of dads don't know that God really wants to become the father that they never got to have. Mm -hmm. Right. And when that happens to you, um, It enables you to bless your dad no matter how good or bad he was because you realize that as a man, you can only give away things that you've received. Hmm. Everything in a Christian life that God asks us to do is impossible to do without him in us and his power on us, right? Right. Being a husband, being a father, being a son. There's nothing that we were born into where I got this covered. Yeah, those are the famous last words of an addict, <laughs> right? I got this covered. I can handle this. That's the yeah. last words of a of a father that hurts his kids or a husband that know how to love his wife. But you you've learned this, right? You've learned how to receive.
1: Yeah, yeah, and <clears throat> you know the crazy thing is the kind of progression of that story is losing touch with my family for several years and then were up. you run, were I you by the way were you
0: just it. running away trying to keep get Pretty busy out of sight out of mind
1: yep i would uh i would <clears throat> really submerge myself in my work i was a bouncer in the nightclub industry in las vegas so All I cared about was all the things that come along with that.
0: Oh, yeah. Did you know I was offered a job? I was in between football teams. I was in Arizona, and we're all praying in a Bible study. Lord, give me a job. You know, I need something until I get picked up by a team. And Dooley's Cowboy Bar in Phoenix, Arizona says, hey, would you come run the bouncers? And I said, yeah, how much? We'll pay you 100 bucks an hour. I went, yeah, I'm down with that. And so I go back to the Bible study, <laughs> and they go, hey, guys, God answered my prayer. Really? I got a job at Dooley's Country Western Bar. And he looks at me, and he gets quiet, and he looks up at me and goes, so you mean to tell me that when we ask God to get you on another football team, his answer to you is for you to go crack heads at a country western bar of drunk people? <laughs> he says, you might need to rethink that because you might miss opportunity. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm going, oh, man, I need some bones, man. I, I, I need some dough. And then I said, you know, what? you're right. I'm going to wait for the right thing. So I go home. I said, Lord, I'm trusting you. Well, my phone rings about two hours later. It's Ray Malavese, the, the head coach of the L.A. Rams. He goes, Eddie Mac, hey, man, we've been looking for you. I need you tomorrow uh, in L.A. I need you for a game on Sunday. Are you ready to go? I went, yeah, baby. I'm, you know, packing up and leaving. I'm driving out of Phoenix going, I almost became a bouncer. <laughs> stupid is the stupid does, you know.
1: Oh my God! So
0: you were a bouncer for how long? Uh,
1: ten years. Ten years. Wow. So I was in the nightclub industry for ten years, kind of living recklessly. Uh, I I submersed myself in work, and I also had a, a, a executive protection uh, business where we would bodyguard celebrities when they would come into town. So that was kind of my thing. All about status, right? And so I'm Cause you're a, looking like, for
0: something, right? What, what are you looking for?
1: I'm looking for acceptance. Yeah. I'm looking for acknowledgement, identity. Identity, right? Identity, you know, right? I'm for, yeah, I'm looking. And, and the thing is, is, when I turn to the world for my identity, I'm looking to all of these different things, but none, not a single one of those things satisfied me. That's right. You know, there was an insatiable hunger inside of me that could not be satisfied.
0: Come on, man. No, that matter
1: how, no matter no matter how much money, no matter how much status. I mean, I used to be Floyd Mayweather's personal bodyguard. One of them. <laughs> oh, man. And, and so I would walk around and, and I remember Floyd going into the nightclub and nightclubs and we would be with him. He would stack tens and thousands of dollars into a air gun and he'd shoot it off into the dance floor and and and, and I would be around people who were just living frivol- frivolously like a and, bunch and, and of I, orphans right and but that I thought that that's what 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 life was I thought that that's what this life was all about status money sex women all of these things but at the end of the day when I would go home, and it was just mm. me with me, I couldn't bear to look in the, in the mirror. Mm. I couldn't bear, I couldn't stand the sight mm. of being that man because truth of the matter is on the outside, I was smiling, but the inside I was dead.
0: Yeah. Well, that's what sin, that's what the Bible says that, uh, you know, the wages of sin, it, it really is death. It's, a uh, because the death is that you you don't have that supernatural life that God promises you. That's right. And so you just feed it, right? You feed the whole. and there's no way to get filled up with something that you initiate. Mm-hmm. Is when you get when you get him something he initiates, mm-hmm. then it changes everything. So you're you're in that industry. You're just. Uh, Trying to in a real way, you're trying to name yourself, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I saw that in the NFL. You know, guys were like, "Man, if I can just make this team, I'm, I've arrived."
1: Yeah.
0: But the problem is, they show up the next day after they make the team, <laughs> and they're still lost. They might have a jersey on. They might have, you know, be all world on the field. But it was like, "Is this it?" Yeah. Is this it? Yeah. And so what happened to you? You're, you're in Vegas now. And and what happens, what happens to you?
1: So I'm in Vegas. I, uh, I met with my family a handful of times, my biological family. Again, I met with my father. He sat us down as a family. He read scripture and he prayed over us. That still was weird for me. Yeah. But then in 2017, uh, My oldest sister reaches out to me and she says, hey, my family is going to be in Vegas for spring break um, and we would love to meet up with you. So I met up with them and I thought to myself, why would you bring your family with your two with your eight year old and your 10 year old to Vegas? Vegas. (laughs) I I find out that my biological father sent them out to Vegas to come and meet with me Mm -hmm. and to let me know that my dad had cancer. And so that's when I found out that my dad had cancer. It was the first time that I met with my niece and nephew. I got to see for that first time, wow, this is my blood nephew mm. and niece. Wow, wow. I'm an uncle. And then uh, then they said, hey, dad wants you to come to Easter service uh, in Arizona. And so I agreed and I went to Easter uh, weekend. Um, Same thing, my dad sat us down, he read scripture and he prayed over us. And he was talking about the the call for each of his children to go out into the world and tell the story. Mm. And at that time, I didn't know what story it was all about, but I found out on Sunday morning when I was sitting in that Easter service, I was sitting in an Easter service with my entire family. We took up two rows (laughs) and the Easter service was amazing. Yeah. And the pastor comes up and he's talking about God and Jesus. And he asked the congregation one simple question. He looks out into the crowd and he says, I have a question for you. What kind of person would give their son away? Uh. And He said, the kind of person that would give his son away is the kind of person who who has love for the world. Now, the pastor didn't know it. I was sitting right there next to my biological father, who 33 years earlier gave me away in an act of love. Wow. And so 33 years of anger, of frustration, of Running away and being lost, uh, it disappeared in an instant. And I knew then and there that I was called to be there. So I gave my life to Christ. And it was the most incredible moment of my life, of course, but that doesn't end there. 10 days later, I lose my dad to cancer. So, the most incredible moment of my life right next to the most devastating moment of my life. And the crazy thing is, is in the amount of time that I spent with my biological father over the course of 33 years was less than three days, less than 72 hours I spent with him. But by the way that he lived, he (laughs) led me to Christ.
0: Oh man. And every day
1: as I, Grow in my relationship with my heavenly Father. Yeah, I begin to recognize the character of the man of who my earthly father was.
0: Wow, that's just that's so powerful, man! What an incredible story, brother! What kind of God would give His Son away? I see why you honor your Father the way you do. That's so powerful.
1: Yeah,
0: and so what? Are, what have? Uh, what are some of the things that God's kind of deposited in you now, and and kind of what are you doing? And uh, what are you doing with this uh, new identity? And you know, you you're uh, probably transitioned from the bar life there. I mean, what are you doing?
1: <laughs> yes. So after my father passed away, I had a lot of. Things to think about in my life. And so I literally, I literally went back to Vegas and didn't want to be there anymore. I made a decision that uh, I wanted to be with my biological family. And so I sold everything that I owned. I had a business at the time, uh, I gave my business to my best friend, and I bought a one way plane ticket with one suitcase. And moved to Phoenix, Arizona, well, now in Scottsdale, Arizona, uh, and started my life over from scratch. Mm. Um, my, my, you know, God called my biological father home to be with him. And He called me to be home with my family. Mm. And so there's been a lot of healing that has happened over the last five years with my mom, with my siblings. Uh, it's been incredible. Um, I immediately got plugged in to my local church while I was here, and, uh, and I made a decision that I was going to do all that I can to give my life to Christ. Uh, mm. At that time, I was 358 pounds. The first thing on order was to get my health in order. <laughs> I ended up losing 150 pounds. No, uh, really? Yep, I lost 150 pounds, started a, a health coaching business, um, and God has blessed it uh, in the process. Over the last four and a half years, I've been able to assist about 2,000 people in getting their health in order. But the cool thing about it is uh, I talked to my pastor and one time and he said, hey, how's it going? This was in the early stages of my business. I said, you know, I'm helping about a few hundred people. And he said, you know, you're helping more people than some small churches. Hmm. And so I recognized that that was going to be my ministry field. And so Mm -hmm. I, uh, a lot of people think that I have, yeah, I have a business, but it's a, it's a, it's a ministry. It's a ministry that's disguised as a business. So I'm heavy in marketplace ministry. While a lot of people come to me for physical health, uh, they get a heavy dose of Jesus while they're at it. Well, I
0: mean that that's your know, that's the best way to get a body to behave.
1: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so what is
0: what is your uh so the real coach Josiah on Instagram is part of your, your training uh program.
1: Yep, so I have a, a health and, and uh and business I do health and business coaching, but also you know, a crazy thing too is Uh, As I've been serving also vocationally in my church, uh, I've been a youth pastor at my church for the last two years uh, and recognition of what's occurring inside of the church. Prior to knowing Jesus, I did a lot of work in personal development and emotional intelligence. Mm. And so while I did a lot of work in that field, I recognized there's a lot of emotional intelligence out there in the world, a lot of personal development, but zero acknowledgement of the God who created them. Come on. And then I go, and then I go into the church, and there's heavy biblical knowledge or heavy spiritual intelligence, but zero emotional intelligence. So we have pews of people who are filled with God and knowledge of who He is, but no zero ability. Or, or knowledge or self-awareness to be in relationship with people. Mm. And so uh, what I've been doing with students in the youth ministry is helping awaken them to not only who God is, but also the self-awarenesses of the roadblocks that have gotten in the way, uh, you know, that have, that have really stopped them dead in their tracks. And so my big mission is to help equip the church to effectively minister and disciple so that we don't have pews filled with people who are in holy huddles. There we go, Um, man. Because Matthew 28, right? Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit, teaching them to observe the things that in which I've taught you and behold, I will be with you to the end of the age. That is the great commission that we all know. And we can't continue to be, and this is a thing too. And I also, I, I notice, of course, teens who, and I live here in Scottsdale. So by the way, I don't match with Scottsdale, <laughs> Arizona. Right, like in my church, I don't fit in. I don't fit in. I'm like a. Let me just explain like this. I'm a raisin in a bowl of rice. Okay, that's that's what it looks like. So here in Scottsdale, Arizona, it's it's a very like it's a rich area of town. But people go to church and families are matching and they look photogenic and they're driving their nice cars. But the thing is, I'm working with these teens and these teens. Are dealing with drug abuse. Oh, they're in trouble. They they are in trouble.
0: And the and there are a lot of those daddies, they're getting their name from their dollar or their house or their hobbies or their yep. vacations, and yep. their children are starving.
1: Yep, and we think we think oh well this family's great and they're successful. They live in a massive house and all of these things, but one either the fathers are having or not they're not even showing up to church. First of all,
0: Mm.
1: right. The, the mom and the kids are, but dad's not. And the excuse is, well, dad's got to go out and be the breadwinner. Now I, I get that. I understand as a man, I understand the role of being able to provide for your family, but at what cost are you going to spend your life away from your family?
0: Mm.
1: At what cost, you know, especially if you don't have a solid foundation
0: of Christ, that's awesome, man. Do you have a website for? Is it the Real Coach Josiah?
1: So the website is in uh, is constantly just uh, in development right now. So uh, I really just direct everybody to my social media. Okay,
0: time. no problem, man. I I feel you on that. You just got to get like a a twelve year old to uh, do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Oh man, that is awesome! So how do how do people get a hold of you if they need some? It's kind of like you do whole life coaching, mm-hmm. and you know, there's also a tremendous market for a guy to help fathers in their local church and community learn how to connect with their kids.
1: Yes. Well, and currently, uh, you know, a few things that I'm working on is a family workshop uh, that's Christ-centered, but also brings in emotional intelligence so that families can be brought together. What we recognize is, a lot of people don't realize this, 80% of seminary graduates uh, fall out of vocational ministry within the first two to five years.
0: That's right.
1: Uh, a large percentage even of executive pastors don't make it to retirement. A lot of it occurs because of just awareness, self-awareness, right? How do I m- mismanage emotions, right? Yeah, and, and, when,
0: and if, if your identity is parked in your pulpit mm-hmm. or your ministry or your car or your house or your money or your job or not having a job— or in your addiction, if it's not parked in God as a Father and Amen. you being an adopted son, Amen. that that identity is going to fail you. And then, you, like you discovered, you know, being in Vegas trying to fill the hole, right?
1: Yep. You know that song "Graves in the Gardens." That oh man birth, that that first that first verse says, "I searched the world, but it couldn't fill me." Man's empty praise and treasures that fade were never enough. Enough. Never. Who came along and put me back together. Right. That is, we can't, we can't go out into the world and find our identity in anything, in anything or anyone, but Christ. Period. Come on. Point blank. Point blank.
0: That's, That's it. Right. Molly, that <laughs> Molly Skaggs, you know, she's a, her a daughter of Ricky, who's a great friend of Ricky's great friend of mine. And boy, when she sings that, well, I hear that song, man, I'm just, that's like my, that's like my pre preaching song. If I'm on a way somewhere, I'm I am cranking that up. You know, because the truth is, he's, you know, we were dead in our transgressions and sin. We were graveyard dead. Amen. We weren't like mostly dead; <laughs> we were graveyard dead. And while we were still yet sinners, Christ died for us.
1: Amen.
0: And that's hope for everybody. That is, man, it's been such an honor to to hear your amazing story. What kind of father gives away his son? Amen. That's the title, by the way, man. We're gonna—that's what we're gonna put on there. That is so powerful. I Well, right now, there, there are people listening and watching these two crazy brothers online. Because, <laughs> <laughs> man, if you get Jesus in your life, you're going to get a little crazy because you're going to do things and hear things and experience things that you didn't think were possible. That's right. Right? Even turning That's around right. a, a story and how God t- grabs the heart of a— a kid who's running away because he's discovered he was given away. And God uses all of that. So, by the way, he took you through that story so that you could reach every kid that was given away. Amen. And there are just hundreds and hundreds of millions yep. who never knew their daddy. Well, it's going to be Big Harvest brother. Brother, is,
1: <laughs>
0: oh man, it's such an honor to just get to know you. And so, listen, there's some people out there, uh, guys out there, going, man, you just really hit me with what you're doing. Would I need? Would Would you pray for these guys right now?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Father God in the name of Jesus, we come before you Mm. and we humble ourselves, acknowledging who you are, Mm. the alpha, the omega, our sustainer, our rock, our fortress. Our Lord, our God, we come to you in this moment. And we recognize, Father, our own brokenness Mm. and our desperate need for you.
0: Mm.
1: Lord, in this moment, I pray for every individual that is listening to my voice, Lord that they would hear you speaking directly to them,
0: Hmm.
1: that it's time for them to come back home Hmm. to you. Lord, that they would heed the call of taking responsibility in their life, that they would look to you and only you for their identity, their purpose, Father, we know that if there is nothing else that you would ever give us for the remainder of our days, you have given us more than we could ever ask or think through your son, Jesus. Mm. And I pray for every person who hears this, Lord, that they would know that there is room for them at your table, that you have prepared a table for them. And that they would have a seat with you. Mm. Lord, we thank you for all that you have done. Mm. All that you are continuing to do. And everything that you are working out for good for those who love you.
0: Mm.
1: Lord, we are so grateful for you. We love you. We thank you. And we pray all of these things in the mighty, powerful, and matchless name of Jesus, we Mm. pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Wow. This has been awesome, man. When we've been ghosted (laughs) (laughs) with my Tongan brother, Father, thank you. Well, listen, uh, if you're watching, make sure you get a hold of Josiah. You want to get fit, and maybe convert the 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 letter A in the middle of F and T, and you want to make it move it from being all about you to something else. So. Mm See my brother here. And uh, not only that, if you got some kids that are stuck right now and you don't know how to reach them as a parent, there's another great resource for you with Josiah. And uh, you check him out on Instagram. And um, we'll have a link there in the bio. And as a gift to you, to everybody that comes to Man of Honor podcast, it's a book called The Difference a Father Makes. It's a story about How God took me, a broken-down boy without uh, uh, losing my dad, and uh, how God wants to be our father and heal our stories from the inside out so we don't keep looking to our dads for the answer. We got him ultimately when he's not here. Because he's not going to be here permanently in our lives anyway. But God is. I want to drop
1: a plug for your book too, Ed. There is something that Ed writes in the very first beginning of the book, where he's talking to a group of high school kids, and they're at and he asks a kid if you look into the stands. Have you looked into the stands during a game? And he says, Absolutely, I look into the stands, right? And Ed says, What are you looking for? And the kid says, I'm looking for my dad to see if he's smiling, right? Mm. And so, for us, being on the playing field of life here, whether we have an earthly father or not, you can always look to the stands up above and know that there's a God who is for you. <laughs> Get Amen, that book. Man. Read that book.
0: Read that book, man. That's it. That's it. We've had, yeah, we're, we're hoping to give away another 200000 this year, and it's free. At the link there, the com. Man, thank you for the plug. You're amazing. You're amazing. And uh, I'm excited to partner with you and see how many people we can reach. Amen. All right. Bless you, Bless man. You